Hey everyone, this is Michael and welcome back to Elevate Retake. As always, we want you to experience faith as the continual everyday process of learning more about the Bible, ourselves, and God, and believe this podcast will be just what you need to come to a closer relationship with God. Today on our podcast, I sit down with Taylor Weaver and Kobe Federowski to talk about the most recent message from Elevate entitled, Our God Saves. It's a look at the Christmas story from Matthew chapter one. I preached that message earlier. It's released on our podcast feed. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, you'll want to do that because we're diving deeper into this conversation. And hey, here's the thing. We're looking for raw thoughts and feedback. And this conversation went there. And that's what I love about Elevate Retake, that we get to come back, take a look at scripture and get real time insights, thoughts, reactions to the message and to scripture. So a little bit about Kobe. He's a graduate of Southern Adventist University. He's now a recruiter up in Kettering in Ohio. And he was here over the holidays visiting his girlfriend, Taylor Weaver, who you know in the podcast. And uh, she invited him to come in and uh, join us on this conversation. So as always, I started out with Kobe and Taylor and asked them, hey, what stuck out to you from the message? The way that I process sermons, um, admittedly, I think I do a very poor job of getting the whole message of whatever was being said. But I do, the reason why I don't get the full message is because I'll hear one point of a message of a sermon and then that will kind of take my mind for the rest of the time. So something that I remember you saying, and then I kind of <laughs> stuck with for the rest of the time. I did hear the rest of what it you said. It was probably in the first two minutes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I said it, you're gone. Whoa, that was <laughs> Michael. Um, but yeah, I don't know what even to call it. Like the person, the journey, the, I mean, the character, but he was like a, a human being on earth. Um, Joseph, mm-hmm. Jesus's mm-hmm. father. I think that like for a long time, I've really been like, I don't, I, I never, I've been fascinated, I guess, but that sounds like I think about it a lot. It's just been, he's one of those characters to me that, or people to me that was like, how in the world did he do what he did? Mm. Because I mean, we know that those in those times, being a virgin was like a very like a huge thing i mean even today like if you find out that your fiance is pregnant like that's big stuff mm-hmm. but back then i can't imagine mm-hmm. like being his his bro his friend you know and then finding out like yeah joseph uh, joseph's girl is already like pregnant and he's okay with it like I, I think that there's a lot to that story that mm-hmm. hasn't been told. I just think that it's incredible being approached by an angel. That must have been huge. I bet <laughs> yeah. he not only was okay with his fiance having a son that technically wasn't his. He was also willing to work for that son, raise him. Um, no judgment intended no no nothing he was a carpenter which i think was really cool Mm because i mean i i dabble with with some wood projects some diy (laughs) so relatable but i think that's another really interesting thing about joseph was that he was a craftsman 
And I wonder why Carpenter would be Jesus's father. Mm-hmm. Initially, like whenever I heard the sermon, I was like, oh man, like this is so great and I can't wait to dive in deeper. But diving in deeper, that's all that I heard in the story mm-hmm. was Joseph and Joseph and how amazing he is. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't really focused on that before. I had focused on, you know, oh, this is the beginning of Jesus's story. Mm-hmm. But focusing more on Joseph, just like for a second, obviously Jesus is the star, but seeing how Joseph had to humble himself and be like, mm-hmm. you know what? You're right, Lord. Like this is in your hands. I was like, oh, I don't think I could do that. Like, that's so amazing. And I feel, I feel as though it's passed over too often, which is mm-hmm. why I really appreciated the sermon because I hadn't thought of it in this way of man, we really need to celebrate how awesome Joseph was and Mm -hmm. how he humbled himself and specifically the type of faith he had to have. God said this, so I'm going to go with it. And Mm -hmm. he just, you know, loved Mary, loved Jesus as his own. And that's huge, especially, I mean, like, especially back then, but even today, like, that's huge. And that's something to be praised. It's like unconditional love that, I mean, that was a huge moment for Mm -hmm. Joseph. Like, had he said no? the Bible still would have been written and he would have been the guy that should have been the father of God, mm-hmm. the human father. Yeah. And how much would that have sucked had he said no, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. um, but it was his, yeah. I, I mean, whether, I don't know if it's faith or if he was just scared straight when he saw the angel, mm-hmm. but whatever, I mean, that that's a conversation worth having is why Joseph did it. He took this woman and her son and loved them. It, it's hard enough hearing that your wife is getting pregnant from some means other than what you are aware of, you know, mm-hmm. trying to put that very um, as appropriate as I can. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, okay. if you hear about that, then that's, I mean, that's heart wrenching to hear that the woman that you love, the future that you had planned for you and that other person is now there's a whole baby in the way. And he kind of, to me, as you look at this, he has this kind of quiet repose. He doesn't say a whole lot. No. Right. Mm -hmm. You're, you're, you're thrown into the story and it just talks about his actions. Talks about that. He didn't want to make a fool of of Mary or cast her out, make her, make a scene or or an example of her. Mm -hmm. Right. And then he's considering these things. So he's thinking about them, but he doesn't, doesn't say anything. Yeah. Um, And so I imagine he's kind of this, kind of quieter guy that mm-hmm. when he does speak, you listen because <laughs> yes. he doesn't say a whole lot when he does. <laughs> um, but I love how verse 25 finishes or verse 24 and 25 together. Joseph woke up and he did what the angel of the Lord commanded. And Joseph named him Jesus. And that was significant for the time because in naming a son, you were claiming him as your own. And so Joseph himself by naming Jesus, was accepting the will of God in his life. So whenever you're talking, something that kind of stuck out to me, and I think it's definitely like the girl in me, mm-hmm. is whenever you were talking about um, how they technically, like the Bible says like they weren't married or like they were engaged, yeah. but didn't you say something along the lines of back in those days when they were engaged, they technically were already married mm-hmm. or okay yeah. see i okay number one i didn't know that and number two i was like <gasps> wait they were yeah. they were already married yeah yes legally they were so uh, a betrothal period
in the time of Jesus, engagement worked a little bit differently than it does today. When a couple became engaged, they would enter a legal binding contract that was as if they were married, but they wouldn't be living together yet. The husband-to-be would go off to his father's house and prepare a place for his bride to live in. And it was up to the father's discernment as to when this marriage would take place and when the room was going to be ready. And when the room was ready, then the husband would go get his bride and they would consummate their marriage and be married in the eyes of God. And so this brings a little bit of an interesting lens through which we can look at this story because Joseph is kind of wondering, okay, what do I do here? How do I go about this? Because he was legally bound to marry and didn't want to make a public scene of it, didn't want to embarrass her in any way. And so he tried to quietly divorce her, but God had different plans for him. Joseph would have to go get a divorce in order to split from her. But it was it was within his right to do that Absolutely. if he if Absolutely. he had chosen yeah. to do that. Wow. And that's why it's so significant that he chose not to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was before the angel came, he was just like, we'll just I'll just make this quiet because he had every right to take her before the elders of the city and have her publicly make stoned. Make a huge deal of it. Make a huge mm-hmm. deal of it. But he chose not to. Sounds like a good dude. (laughs) (laughs) I I just keep thinking like, and this is probably not a very biblical way to think about it, but like what an investment becoming that Mm -hmm. father, you know, like had he, (laughs) that it had to have been tough for him. He had Mm -hmm. every right to say, no, sorry, but I don't believe this. But I think what's important in that though, is that sometimes, well, I think Joseph and Mary knew the messianic prophecies that come from the Old Testament. Mm. They would have, they would have known them because they're good Jews. Yeah. They're, they're part of the Jewish culture. So they would have known that there was a Messiah coming around this time. And according to Isaiah, because Matthew will quote Isaiah, we're going to look at this next week. Look, the virgin will conceive a child, should give birth to a son. They'll call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. They would have known these prophecies. And so you look at that and to realize Think about the moment of realization when Joseph and Mary realize that they are part of the fulfillment of the messianic prophecy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I get chills sometimes pressure. when I see God work in my life and I was like, oh, that's what you were doing. But to think mm-hmm. like God had foretold this more than five, 600 years before. Yeah. And if you think about that, even 2000 years before, if you go all the way back to the beginning of creation, he's prophesying this. Mm-hmm. And it comes down and Mary and Joseph are like, Oh, that's us. us. Yeah, exactly. That's, I think that's a huge thing about, or that's a huge, super important note to kind of take to heart right now is that that was 2,000 years of prophecy. And then Mary and Joseph had to, I mean, Mary knew that she didn't sleep with anybody. So the fact that she got pregnant, that was like, okay, yeah, this is God. Mm -hmm. For Joseph, it was a little different. For him, for both of them, though, to believe that 2,000 years worth of prophecy came down to them, mm-hmm. that that must have been a humbling, super scary moment and also just like a faith moment. As I mean, with our day and age, we see a lot of things happening around us. 2,000, 3,000, whatever thousand years of prophecy, it is coming true. And it's scary to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's scary to think about. It's, 
like I I don't want to just have a conversation about how like my world is going to come to an end, but we see through Mary and Joseph how after 2000 years Mm -hmm. of being told that a child will come, they ended up being the parents of that, that child that was Mm -hmm. meant to do everything. That's huge. And all like today we've got something else to believe and to learn about and prepare for but i i think that's really inspiring Mm -hmm. seeing um seeing them do that yeah that's the cool thing is you never know how god is going to you is going to use you and how he can use you Mm -hmm. that's what's really inspiring yeah Mm -hmm. We talked about what Taylor and I got out of it, but what did you intend for us to get out of it? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, this actually... So I want to pause right here and mention that I really liked being asked this question. Not because I can talk more about myself or my thoughts or whatever, but I'm not often asked about how I responded to a particular message that I preached. And so it was interesting for me to sit back down and think, hey, how did I actually respond to the message? And what were my thoughts and feedback from it? And here's the thing. I had a conversation with my wife, Melissa, right after the sermon, and I told her, um, I don't think I hit on the points well. I don't think that this really came across in a while. I didn't connect with people well. And uh, as a preacher, you don't often want to share that with people, right? Um, you want to always have the bring your best foot forward and always connect with people and be positive and everything. But this one was a rough one for me. Uh, and she reminded me, hey, Christmas messages are hard because we've heard them so many times and it's hard to bring new things and to uh, make it pop, so to speak. And so it was interesting for me to hear from Taylor and Kobe as we talked a little bit more and I said, hey, did you catch this that I tried to put in there? Did you catch this? And to hear them say, no, I didn't actually, but that is super amazing. It reminded me that in my preparation and in my presentation, I've got to be thinking about who I'm speaking to and how do I articulate the points in a way that connects with people. And this is why I value so much the ability for us to retake the messages because we get to see these points. We get to dive back in to the conversation, to what scripture has to offer us and to make this available for you. is in mm-hmm. Christmas and all that. And so it was a struggle for me throughout the week to like study and like, well, I know this story. And so like, well, here's the way to preach it. But it's like, well, hold on. There's got to be some more here. There's got to be something deeper. Um, and I don't, I didn't feel like last week I had the time to, I didn't take the time to unpack it in the way I, I should have. There were some points that came across that I think were good. And you guys are reflecting to me what I, it's not like, wow, I was, <laughs> I was preaching <laughs> yeah. on John the Revelator. You guys no. were talking about, <laughs> about Jesus the Messiah. Um, but I think a couple of things that I felt that I didn't articulate as well um, was the, I, you mentioned it, Taylor, because you had a question about it. What's the mm-hmm. significance of the marriage? Are, yes. they, are they married or they're not? Those type of things. Um, the other one was the significance of the line of David coming through Joseph and to think about the scenario where Joseph is actually a part of the Davidic line, which means he's an heir to the throne. Whoa. Oh, Whoa. <laughs> so Joseph could have been like king of Israel. Had right, he but, like but campaigned? Herod, but Herod was... There's been many times when I've preached that I don't quite make the point 
that I was trying to get across or doesn't come across as intended. And it was interesting to talk to Taylor and Kobe about this and to hear what they heard and then to share with them what I had intended and to unpack that a little bit more. Depends on family lines and how that goes, but there's, there's a scenario where Joseph could have been king, but God's asking him to be father of the king of kings. Whoa, Michael. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I didn't get that, but I'm glad. <laughs> I got I'm, something else. But... I'm really glad that you brought that up because yeah. that's really interesting to think about that. I mean, he wasn't king of Israel, but he was the father of the king, mm-hmm. the human father of the mm-hmm. king, which is a lot less pressure being, I don't know, You're you're not in charge of a whole civilization, but you are the father of the guy who's in charge of the world. So I guess there's still a lot of pressure in that yeah. role, but that's that's really interesting. Yeah, That's really cool history. Yeah, because you look at all the way down through, there's, I think from, where is it at? Uh, let me look here. So from Mathan, so like Jehoiachin, Josiah, Zerubbabel, Abiud, Eliakim, they're all kings. Yeah. And then it kind of gets to the spot where there's not a whole lot about Mathan or Eleazar or Eliud, Acom, Zadok. We don't know a whole lot about them, right? There's not a lot of history there to kind of trace the lineage. But if David's an, if Joseph's a descendant of David... There's got to be a moment where he thinks, could I be king? And I don't think that there was a lot he could have done at the time to actually make that yeah, for himself. That but think about sense. the emotional frustration of like, mm-hmm. I could have been king. That's true. And but the fact I'm that he just... didn't focus on that, which is like, it just shows to his character. Yep. But I'm sure that's got to be a part of his of his thinking. Even mm-hmm. if he doesn't act on it, mm-hmm. we still, I mean, I feel there's times that I'm, frustrated when a particular thing that I've wanted doesn't happen. Yeah. So what does that look like for him? But even in light of that, he still chooses God's will and says, well, I'm going to claim this son as my own and introduce the world to the the savior of the world. That is awesome. Like, and that's <laughs> not, that's, yeah, I definitely didn't get that. I wasn't yeah, and I didn't, in enough I didn't un- that. unpack that well. I, yeah. I mentioned it in kind of passing. Yeah. But I didn't, I, I was not <laughs> succinct in my. Yeah. He, focus I, I've, I know I've talked about Joseph in the past describing him of some random guy. Mm-hmm. And this means that he wasn't just some no. random no, guy. He all. was like, he was straight up the dude. Yeah. Like ready for. <laughs> he can I, trace I, his I, heritage I, back to <laughs> Abraham. <laughs> That's huge. Whoa. Because that's where that's where Matthew begins. And in I think it's Luke's genealogy trait, he traces mm-hmm. Joseph all the way back to Adam. Whoa, I didn't know that. Man. <laughs> <laughs> that you should redo the sermon. <laughs> I should redo the sermon, right? <laughs> Is it in Luke? That that's so interesting. I think Kind of going back to one of your, or just resupporting what you had said about mm-hmm. unpacking certain details of stories that we've heard so many times, is that I don't remember who told me this or when I heard it, but somebody 
once told me like the Bible people weren't just characters. Like they mm-hmm. were they were real humans with real struggles, with real politics. They were eating real food. Mm-hmm. They had their own exercise issues. They had their own um finance issues. Weird Uncle Joe's who sat on the couch after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned that. Yeah. <laughs> um I I mean picturing all of these parentheses Bible characters as yeah. human beings and struggling with the things that we struggle today really helped me put into context that these aren't just stories. These are there's a so much of the stories that we've heard a million times mm-hmm. that we haven't even thought of yet mm-hmm. like for instance that joseph isn't just some random guy mm-hmm. he's of the lineage of david of abraham i've mentioned this before on the elevate retake podcast but i'll mention it again if i were to play a practical joke on christianity I would take out all of the chapter and verse markings in the entire Bible because the chapter and verse markings kind of divide things in our minds. We come to the beginning of one chapter, come to the end of another, and we realize, oh, these two things aren't connected, but those are imposed on the thoughts of scripture. And particularly when we're dealing with this section of the genealogy, it's easy to take Jesus' genealogy and separate that from his birth. But Matthew is specifically beginning his gospel in this way to point out the real humanity of Jesus' ancestors. And as we got to unpack this a little bit further, we get to see how Joseph was a real human being with real thoughts and real feelings, not just kind of this guy that shows up out of nowhere, but God had a purpose and a plan for his life. And he was working thousands of years before he was alive in order to make all of this happen. And so... You know, you may be wondering, hey, do you wish you had more time to preach so you could unpack this a little bit more? Is there a format format that you wish you could break some of this down? Well, I really like the challenge of only bringing a 20 to 25 minute message. It challenges me to shrink things down in a succinct way that makes the point clear. But that's why I'm also grateful to have the Elevate Retake podcast because we can unpack these a little bit more in a conversational format that lends it better to your ear. So that in large part is why we created the Elevate Retake podcast to go back, retake the message and unpack a little bit deeper some of the things we weren't able to hit in the message. Joseph was a real person. Mm-hmm. And I think that was part of what I was trying to hit on the head with the this message that Joseph was a real person descended from real human beings that had some nasty history. You know, a lot of the people in there had some good stuff, but most everybody else and everybody on the list had some bad stuff that they that they dealt with. And another cool thing about that genealogy is that Matthew lists women when in genealogies oh. you would not generally list women because women were were property or yeah. um, just inconsequential to what men were doing. Mm-hmm. But Matthew elevates the status of women to mention Rahab, Tamar, Ruth, I think. Oh, I like that. It's it's just as hard for me to understand now why they wouldn't include women just because our Mm -hmm. culture is so much different. Mm -hmm. So it's I mean, they, I guess, had the right to do it. I guess it would have been like weird at the time. But for me thinking on it, it's like, why wouldn't they include those people? Because they played such Mm -hmm. important roles for the greatest thing that ever happened on Earth. That's true.
which was Jesus coming mm-hmm. as a human to save us. Mm-hmm. And through the mistakes, through, again, they were human beings. They had their own stresses in life. They mm-hmm. had their own um, jealousy. They had their own everything, everything mm-hmm. that we're dealing with, these people did. Mm-hmm. But they got to set the foundation for Jesus to come into the world. Yeah. And to have that privilege is just really awesome. And they were some of them. I think it's very important for us to realize that just because we read a couple of words in scripture doesn't mean we understand a character fully. They're real human beings. And I think in the same way applied to our own lives as we see people and their maybe isolated actions or just kind of some of the things they do or say to us in passing that we're not understanding the full story. And from the outside, it looked crazy for Joseph to take Mary in and to continue to be her husband and to provide for her. But God was using that so that the Son of God could be born into this world. Jesus, God with us, Jesus, our God saves, could be a part of the salvation plan. And sometimes the things that don't make the most sense in our lives, God uses those to bring about incredible miracles because I think that's the space that God uses when things don't make sense. When when things don't quite add up, that's where God steps in and says, hey, this is where I'm powerful. This is where my love can shine through in the in-between where life doesn't always make sense. And I think that's the kind of the ultimate connection that Matthew is trying to make. Jesus being the person who's going to save his people from their sins that looks back and that looks forward. So here's a list of people with all their hangups and insecurities. Jesus came to save his people from their sins. Look forward at everybody with their hangups and insecurities. Jesus came Mm -hmm. to save his people from their sins. Yeah. And there's a whole lot of bad people in this list that God still chooses to save because he loves us. Man, I love this conversation with Taylor and Kobe. It was so fun to sit back down and to unpack with them everything from this message. And I think this message really came alive when we had the opportunity to talk about it. And so here's my final closing thoughts for you. Take some time to sit down with someone you love, someone you know, and discuss scripture with them. It can be this passage, it can be another, it doesn't matter. The Bible comes alive when we talk with one another about it because God's present there in the room. He's speaking to each and every one of us through scripture and through us coming together and sitting down and talking about it, God is glorified and his light shines through in the Bible. Thank you so much for listening to Elevate Retake this week. As always, please share this message with someone who needs to hear it. These episodes only get out because you help us get them out to other people. And we'd like to hear from you. Maybe you've got a comment or a question. Leave us a message at the link in the description. We'd love to include you in one of these episodes. And as always, give us a like or share on social media. Engage with us on Instagram at Elevate Retake. That'll be down in the description for you. Or if you'd like the broader... Uh, elevate instagram account that is this is elevate tx on instagram so hey looking forward to seeing you guys next week